there's got to be more than Disneyland for kids. There's got to be a way to get out in nature that's not going to like stress out the parents who don't know how to set up a tent. The average child gets seven minutes of unstructured play outdoors per day. Seven minutes. Part of the reason why we love glamping so much is it allows families of all types to get connected with nature in a really deep way. Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Hey there, friends. It's Aaron Schlein here, and welcome back to Family Travel Radio, your go-to podcast for the people and places that inspire life-changing family travel. Glamping is commonly defined as glamorous camping. And in today's episode of Family Travel Radio, you're going to learn why glamping is so much more than that. Mike and Ann Howard traveled over 73,000 miles from Canada to Costa Rica, seeking not only to find the best glamping destinations in North America, but also to add deeper meaning to what has become a trendy term. Mike and Ann captured their glamping discoveries in their new book, Comfortably Wild, and the Howards are our guests today on Family Travel Radio. Ready? Let's get glamping. Before we get started, I want to take a quick minute to do something we've never done before on Family Travel Radio, and that is give a birthday shout out to one of our listeners. Anne and Mike Howard are the dynamic duo behind HoneyTrek.com, and Anne and Mike are today's guests. And if you're listening to this episode on the day it goes live, that means it's November the 25th, and today is Anne Howard's mother's birthday. From all of us at Family Travel Radio, happy birthday to Anne's mom. Hope you have a great day and enjoy hearing your daughter and your son-in-law on today's episode. So I think this is a first for Family Travel Radio. My guests today are husband and wife who have no children. However, Mike and Ann Howard really embody that spirit of the bonds that form when exploring the world together. And I'm happy to have them both on the show today to discuss their latest book, Comfortably Wild, which is a definitive guide to glamping destinations in North America, most of which are family friendly. Mike and Ann Howard, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's an honor to be here. If you are not familiar with Mike and Ann Howard, that's okay, because I'm going to introduce you to them right now. Mike and Ann Howard left on their honeymoon in January 2012 and never came home. They created HoneyTrek.com to chronicle their journey across all seven continents to help people mobilize their travel dreams. Mike and Ann are known to be the world's longest honeymooners, and they've been featured in dozens of media outlets from Condé Nast Traveler to CBS News, and they've authored... National Geographic's best-selling couples adventure book called Ultimate Journeys for Two. And then the Howards were poised to write Comfortably Wild, which we're going to be talking about today, which again is the definitive guide to glamping in North America. Mike and Ann, before we dive into glamping, you guys have such a fun story that I think we need to share first. I want to get into your background. Take us back to that January 2012 when you set off on that honeymoon that seven and a half years later is still going. Yeah, we were um, kind of looking at not just where we wanted to go on our honeymoon, but what do we wanted to do in our lives and wrote down all of our list of adventures and places we wanted to go and quickly realized like a 10 day honeymoon was not going to cut it. And we looked at each other going like, when are we going to do these things? Like wait till we're 65 and our knees don't work. Like now is the moment and like we're about to celebrate this new life together. You know, what if we went to all of these places, did all of these things and 
set aside a year to go on a honeymoon. Well, we quickly got hooked on travel and it has become a life of travel eight years later. Was there anything in your background prior to 2012 that suggested that this story was going to unfold this way? I don't know about that it would go that it would go this long, but we do have a background. You know, Anne's a, a professional writer and, and I did social media in New York for about 10 years. So, so we did like that storytelling side of it. And I think that's partly why that it that it's gone for so long because we love sharing the stories of the people we meet and these unique destinations and really getting off the track and kind of pushing ourselves and inspiring others. So I think that's one of the reasons it's gone so long. And I'm also going to give a shout out to our parents because um, my mom, her first job was actually a flight attendant and my family just, they, they made it a part of their lives to go to Europe and sometimes they leave the kids and they go on ski trips for two weeks at a time and use their, their social network to take time for each other and you'd rent RVs and do trips. So I think we both like grew up with a love of travel too. I was just a member being dazzled by other cultures at a young age. And that left a really deep impression on me. And, and Mike, your family was, well, what would you say about your parents? And Yeah, we do like little RV trips and they definitely took me to Europe. Sometimes they'd leave me behind for their romantic ski vacations. But I think it is really important to get abroad when, when kids are at that impressionable age and, and just see these other cultures and see the people that, you know, you just see on the news and in the media and it's hard to relate. But once you get there and, and kind of realize how similar they are to you. I think that really is good for a kid's development and even for an adult's development. You guys, Mike and Ann, have a connection to the Family Travel Association. Again, even though you don't have any kids of your own, you do have a very, very real connection with the Family Travel Association. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Reiner is honestly one of our dearest friends, not just in the travel circle, but just the founder one, of the FTA, the founder of the FTA, and just one of our dearest friends in life. And he's actually was a mentor of ours before we started on this journey, as probably most of your listeners know, he went on an around the world trip for 12 months with his kids and his wife. And we were asking him all sorts of questions as we were planning our trip. And he just gave us boatloads of advice and was kind of always there, you know, as a sort of mentor, especially as Honey Trek started picking up traction and, and getting press. And we started taking that on as a full-time job. And yes, yeah, so when we re- decided to write this book, we we wanted the family perspective. So we called up Reiner and did uh, an extensive interview with him. We actually interviewed a lot of glamping experts because it's a very confusing topic for most people, especially when it's badly defined as glamorous camping. We wanted to get sort of the industry sense of like, what does this mean? Why does glamping matter? And why is this an, a great style of travel for families and what can it do for them? Actually, a fun fact about Reiner, before he worked for the FDA or he started the FDA, he actually worked for glamping.com because he felt like there's got to be more than Disneyland for kids. Like there's got to be a way to get out in nature that's not going to like stress out the parents who don't know how to set up a tent and with kids who get freaked out when they get too dirty or whatever. Like, how can we make camping easy? So he totally gets it and was a big support of glamping as on an industry level. And then us, as we were saying, you know, what do your families want? You guys have that awesome survey you do, the, you know, family travel station survey. And it was fascinating to see that like when families were interviewed, it was a pretty impressive pool of people you you pull for this. The families were choosing, you know, adventure travel and even camping 
camping above cruises. That warmed my heart like you would not believe. It's like very often families are like, oh, we'll just do, do a package trip because it's just easy and I don't have to think about it. But really, these are formative experiences for you as a family and in your child's life. It doesn't have to be difficult. Just push a little farther than just the low hanging fruit. And it was inspiring to hear that that was what your, your audience was saying too. Yep. And that's what we're here for. That's why Family Travel Radio really exists to help people push themselves that little bit, just that little incremental push with their kids to do something a little bit outside their comfort zone, a little bit more adventurous. And then you'd just be kind of shocked, just kind of the same way you guys are. If you go look back to the beginning to where you are now, you may not even recognize yourselves. And I feel like families can have that same experience by pushing themselves just a little bit. Mike and Ann, you set out seven, almost eight years ago to inspire people and you're still out there and you've just written your second book, which is about glamping. Your first book was a a couple's travel book called Ultimate Journeys for Two. Give me a quick little background on that and then we're going to dive into the new one. We didn't know we were writing that book at the time. We were just truly on our honeymoon and exploring the world and falling in love with other cultures. And National Geographic actually hadn't written a book about couples travel and they saw we were on this, what's was known to be the world's longest honeymoon. And they really liked we were taking it from an adventurous perspective, not just a candlelit dinner, massage, flop on the beach perspective, but it was about getting out there and having life experiences together. So how to narrow down the 500 plus places around the world we went into our favorite 75. Well, we organized it by, you know, our favorite mountain destinations, deserts, rainforests, safari, road trips. So you could, you know, get out of just, you know, I'm going to go to Venice because everyone goes to Venice, you know, discover places based on your interests and, you know, find places that, that aren't household names and get off the tourist track to kind of expand people's vocabulary of what's out there and what's possible. The thing I love about about that book, about Ultimate Journeys for Two, and just that whole concept is, you know, you're setting up couples with this adventurous path that they can stay on for as long as they like as a couple. But then if they decide to become parents, they take that sense of adventure into parenthood. And that's kind of where we take over here, Family Travel Radio, of sharing those experiences and helping families discover those possibilities. So let's move on. The new book, Comfortably Wild, is all about glamping in North America. Before we get started, we got to define glamping. What in the world is glamping? The common definition is glamorous camping. Well, that just sounds like a little foofy to us, and I think does not even touch on the power of this style of travel. It does start with the idea of being comfortable in nature. You don't need to pitch a tent, sleep on the ground anymore. It's all sort of set up for you. You know, creative accommodations in the outdoors, yurts, tree houses, could be airstreams, very creative stuff like bubble tents and hanging pods. It's I love that it pushes the boundaries of what is possible. And that it also is about treading lightly on the land. These aren't like big block hotels knocking down trees to do it. They're working with the landscape and thinking about their power and water consumption and really working in harmony with nature. For us, this book was also, it's about the adventures you have, having really unique experiences that aren't, you know, so like package tour number two and five. (laughs) It's, you know, unique adventures. And then lastly, what really drove the book for us was the inspiring people that come up with these ideas to you know, develop something totally unique in nature, you know, blood, sweat, and tears to create it, to share it with you, the guests and your family. So this is largely a book about the, you know, the dreamers and the doers who made these places and becoming a part of their world. And similar to, you know, to how we wrote Ultimate Journeys for Two and try and help people get off that tourist track, as it were. 
in glamping, there's, you know, there's a similar track. There's 10 or 15 properties that just get all the buzz. If you Google best glamping destinations and look at all the listicles, they're just regurgitations of the same big resorts that are, you know, partly owned by Marriott or owned by some millionaire and, and they may not have that heart. So we, partly why we took so long to write this book, it took us two and a half years to write this book is that we wanted to personally visit as many of the properties in the book as possible. We visited over 60 properties. There's 70 in the book. And we drove Buddy the Camper. We drove him 53,000 miles around 47 states and through Canada and the U.S. And then we flew to Central America and the Caribbean. And because we wanted to meet these owners, we wanted to to see these properties firsthand and see what they meant and, and what they stood for. And then the way we organized the book was not by the treehouse chapter or the yurt chapter. Because when people traditionally think of glamping, they're like, oh, it's a certain style of structure. We wanted to organize the book around the type of activities and adventures that these families could do when they go to these places. So there's the in motion chapter and the fantastical chapter and the cultivate chapter where you might be staying on an organic farm or a vineyard, you might be glamping there. And just kind of like what, what you want out of your vacation as opposed to what Instagrammable picture you want to come out of your vacation with, which we think is a lot deeper. And that's kind of how we laid out Comfortably Wild. Yeah. And I love how right there in the book, you have a page dedicated to what you call the vacation matchmaker, which lets you kind of sort out and select glamping destinations based on individual style and interests. And the categories you laid out are romantic, family-friendly, adventure, spa-tastic. I love that one. Culinary, activity-packed, winter getaways, and super deals. And one thing that I love, and a big reason why I invited you guys on the show today, is that a vast majority of those destinations, even though they may include some of the other categories, the vast majority of them are family-friendly. So tell me about what family-friendly meant to you when you're out there evaluating these destinations. Well, yeah, that term needs to be unpacked because, as you know, what is family-friendly for a two-year-old is not the same for a 12-year-old. So that was a big part of our, our interview process with the property owners is what is the recommended you know, age? What is the age minimum? A lot of them were all ages, but you know, solitude river trips where it's a five-day rafting trip through the largest contiguous wilderness area going camp to camp, well, it's going to be awesome for your 12-year-old, but maybe not your three-year-old. So, you know, we wanted people to know that information to help their decision process. But yeah, the kids will be engaged, that they'll have things to do. And that doesn't mean like, here's the kids club and we're going to like put in a video. It's none of that. It's like having kids being involved in the process, you know, roasting s'mores, taking hikes at, you know, various levels. And family-friendly, too, is multi-generational travel. We wanted to be mindful of having grandparents and little kids, like, share pastimes, you know, especially pastimes of, like, going fishing and building a fire. Like, the average kid doesn't grow up with that anymore, but maybe the grandparents really want to share that with their kid or, or the mom or the dad do, and it creates an environment to do that together. And another thing that, that we think is really important for family travel, as you guys probably know all too well, people listening is that meals are a huge part of a family trip. And we, we dug into that with each of these owners to find out which places provided meals, which places provided a kitchen. If some families want to cook their own meals, maybe they've got certain dietary things or they just like cooking as a family. Yeah, so like cuisine is, is a part of every property in the book. We talk about you know what it's going to be like when you go there, what do you need to bring, what do they offer on site? Some places offer a kitchen for you to cook and they'll provide meals if you want so you can mix it up during your stay or 
restaurants might be nearby. So we definitely took that into account because we know that's different for every family and they've got different needs. And the idea of handicap accessibility too. We wanted to make camping, glamping more accessible and that you didn't need to be this like super fit, you know, outdoorsman to take on these adventures. We take into account ADA accessibility and getting everybody involved. In the book, you lay out what you call the five hallmarks of an ideal glamping destination. And you've touched on a couple of them, and there's a couple I'd like to unpack a little deeper. The first one is comfortable lodging. That's fairly straightforward enough. So the second of those five hallmarks, which I'd like to unpack a little bit, and you, you've touched a little bit on this, but creative structures, because I imagine kids just getting really wide-eyed seeing these incredible structures built into these places in nature that you just can't find anywhere else. Tell me about some more of these creative structures. Yeah, I love that they're so engaged. The kids will literally be like, wow, mom, like this is, these are unique. This is not staying at the comfort in here. And the adults um, are also wild the by these, like, like they're just, crazy. Yeah, it's, you know, there's this place called Canopy Lit, also in Quebec. They're very creative in the north there, where they are not just tree houses, they are bubble suites in the trees. So when I say that, you have a very thin layer of plastic that is like surrounding your bed, which means when you lie, like lay down in your duvet, you are watching the squirrels like chase each other through the trees above you. And then as night falls, that layer absolutely disappears and it's nothing but stars around you. A place actually on a vineyard in Mexico has a similar bubble tent thing in the vines. I've got three fun ones. Sure. One is Great Huts down in Jamaica. It's actually all like Afro-Jamaican themed either tree houses or stone houses right on these cliffs with diving boards into the ocean. And that place is awesome. And then two other fun ones. I've got Cypress Valley, which is outside of Austin, Texas, where you can actually zip line to your treehouse suite. And then another one is Tree Bones Resort. Uh, for the California audience, they've got something called The Nest, yeah. which is actually basically a big bird's nest with a futon in it. And you, and it's pretty basic, but it's an awesome like glamping camping experience. Amazing the, views over the, the yeah, ocean, yeah. right? Views right down the PCH over the ocean. So that's a, another sweet, fantastical uh, lodging accommodation. The word fantasy and fantastical has come up a lot, and I I just love that. I imagine just going out and living living out a fantasy in some of these places. And you're speaking to a California audience, by the way, so I'm gonna have to check that one out. So let's move on. Again, you had this list of five hallmarks of ideal glamping destinations. And the third is sustainable practices, which I love that you included this one. So let's get clear and intentional here, Mike and Ann. What sustainable practices should we be looking for? I think a lot of the people who get into glamping as owners are looking to find a way to connect back with their land. You know, a lot of people had corporate jobs. They were, you know, really stressed out. They're working in SF or New York or LA or wherever. And, you know, maybe they had some land in their family or you know, somebody passed on and left them this farm or left them a piece of forest. And, and they're going there to, to reconnect themselves and also share maybe this place they grew up or, or some place they've just fallen in love with, you know, with other guests. And they want to, to help people reconnect with that land. And to do that, these people are, are starting these sustainable projects. They're looking for the most you know, minimal impact. They're using... Going off the grid. Yeah, going off the grid. They're running on solar they're doing structures and the, the whole nomadic structure idea is that it can be moved pretty simply. It's, it doesn't have huge concrete platforms and plumbing running to it and all these heavy intensive things that take a lot of drain on the environment. They're raised platforms. Some of them are seasonal, so they, they get removed every year and, and leave kind of without impact. They're also very minimal 
on water usage. Uh, most of these properties, it'd be pretty rare to find plastic water bottles in most properties in this book. They're very conscious of that. And also the food too. Like a lot of the cuisine when you go to these properties is locally sourced. They're not shipping in, you know, big buffets like you're on a cruise ship and you're eating, you know, sushi from Japan and pineapples from Hawaii when you're in the Mediterranean. Like that is not sustainable at all. And these people have that in their mind. They're supporting the local farmers and and, and they're very conscious of, of where also they're sourcing the materials for their tents and whatnot. These sustainable practices, these business practices you're describing really are dependent on the proprietors of these destinations. And that's the fifth of your list of five hallmarks of ideal glamping destinations is inspiring proprietors. So let's talk a little more specific about some of these these individuals because people make experiences just as much as the actual experiences themselves. So let's talk about these inspiring proprietors. We honestly fell in love with all of these people and consider many of them to be friends now. But one that comes to mind, particularly for the family-friendly notion, is the Cozy Peach in uh, Arizona. They are a fourth-generation family farm, and it's not that far outside of Phoenix. And their great-grandparents looked at what was happening with big development and just buying up land, and all the farms are turning into condos. And I'm like, wait, stop, no. And they started to buy up more farmland to say like, this is our heritage. And, you know, we need to show our kids like, where does a carrot come from? Like, what's an apple taste like when you pick it off the tree? They're actually renowned for their peaches. They're phenomenal. And they kind of look at farm life and celebrate it. So they host a crazy volume of festival throughout the year and are always inviting the community in where they don't sell their farm produce to grocery stores. They want you to come as a family and pick it. And the owner, Carrie, she's like a riot. Love her. She'll host a cooking class right there in the garden and teach you what to do with a radish. And, you know, then they also have a phenomenal bakery and they do kids cooking classes. You also stay in these really cool Airstream trailers that are like in the middle of the orchard. Natura Cabana is uh, actually the story of, they were a Chilean family who with four girls and decided when they were pretty darn young, I think the first, the, the youngest wasn't even born yet, that their happy place was in Cabarete, like outside of Cabarete in the um, in the Dominican Republic. And they basically kind of like homesteaded this piece of land and more and more their, their family started to come and they said they built another guest house and then built another guest house. And basically they've just sort of shared their family home, which is now 12 fabulous cottages and they're all super unique in the way they created. And the girls like treehouse that they grew up with is still maintained for other kids to play in. So they're, they're charming and she teaches yoga and makes these fresh juices. And, um, and that's a little bit of a woman empowerment story too, because totally. they've since divorced. But no, he passed away. He actually. passed away. But then the, the mom and the daughters were like, no, we're going to keep this on, even though he used to do all the maintenance and, you know, woodworking and everything. We're going to learn how to do that. And now she runs it with her daughters. With her so four daughters yeah. Really like touching story and just a beautiful place to visit. Well, you guys did a great job throughout the book of of hitting all of these these five hallmarks. And I realized I left one out. Number four was engaging experiences. I kind of skipped over that. But talking about the lodging and the structures and the sustainable practices and the engaging experiences, and then those inspiring proprietors, you cover each one of those elements in every destination that you cover, which makes it a very compelling read, even if 
we may not get to most of these destinations, but just knowing that they're out there reading about the experiences. And then of course, about the proprietors, about the individuals behind these places. It's very, very inspiring. And it gives me a lot of energy, positive energy, knowing that these places are out there. And then people like you, Howard's are covering it, getting it out there and bringing this information, synthesizing it down into this incredible book for us to hopefully use and go out and explore the world. Yeah, we're, we're excited for it. One important topic that I think we should touch on, because this is a family-centric show, and part of the reason why we love glamping so much is this deep connection with nature, right? Because it's one thing to go and and play games and, and meet amazing people, but it's a way that allows a family that might not be all hardcore backpackers and ready to, you know, roll out a sleeping mat and, you know, cook on on an open fire and like sleep in the woods, but it allows families of all types to get connected with nature in a really deep way, not just be there, but maybe have a, somebody with local knowledge of the land and a reason to connect. And, and I think we all know like how little kids are getting outside these days. I mean, one of the studies that we talk on the first 30 pages of the book is all about the benefits of glamping and not just, you know, the different fun structures, but like why we need glamping in our life. And one of the studies says that the average child gets seven minutes of unstructured play outdoors per day seven minutes in the u.s in the usa and that same average child that gets over 400 minutes of screen time between tablets and cell phones at the grocery store and you know tv time and and laptops 400 minutes on a on a screen and seven minutes outside breathing air and playing in the woods so we need to like do everything we can to change that and if glamping is a conduit some people might think oh it's kind of foofy we need to get out there. We need to get our kids out there. We need to get ourselves out there because as parents, that 400 minutes is probably even more with the eight hours of work we do looking at a screen every day. We need to get out there, breathe the fantasides, like feel invigorated, get our hands dirty, do some farming, you know, get out there and work on a farm. And, and if this book is a conduit to help some families do that better, then, you know, then we've done our job. Well, and that's a compelling part of your story, both of your stories that we really didn't touch on. You know, folks listening to this interview might think, oh, Mike and Ann Howard, they're these rugged outdoorsy people and they've always been that way, but that's not your story. You, you're city folk. Yeah. I grew up in LA. I, and, uh, we lived in we, New York for 11 years. Yeah. And so I did not grow up camping. Like my dad, least outdoorsy guy you've ever met. Like we did not do this kind of thing together. My idea of what's hiking was in the Hollywood Hills. Like we don't, we, it wasn't our bag. Funny story is actually how the book starts is Mike tried to woo me with a camping trip. And I literally had not been camping, I think really in 20 years. And it was a failed event as a family. And she was like, great, it'll be fantastic. Like we'll gather some friends. We'll do this trip down the Delaware river and, you know, sleep under the stars would be great rainstorm like you would not believe wind whipping can barely get our tent together we're wrangling a tarp and i was like it's gone great yeah i love the outdoors and i was like <laughs> and it turned out to be a hysterical trip we have great memories from it but my one caveat was like i'm game but next year can we get a cabin and that kind of inadvertently started our glamping trend and that was like 12 years ago i love those origin stories and then who would have possibly known all these years later that you'd end up here promoting your second book all about, of course, glamping, which is kind of where, where it all began. I really, I really appreciate you guys. I appreciate your story. What's next. Oh, well, the journey continues and we bought this camper, which is, you know, this 1985 Toyota Sunraider kind of for this project, but we sort of fell in love with the 
sort of RV life and just continue our journey. And we drove to the Arctic Circle this summer and we're planning on taking it down to the Baja Peninsula for the whale migration this February. And there's still talk of maybe we ship the camper to Europe and do that for a year Ooh. or so. Yeah, we're open. Comfortably wild Europe edition. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> reserve that first copy for me, will you? Sure. Of course. <laughs> all right. We've been talking to Mike and Ann Howard from honeytrek.com about all the reasons why glamping is great for families. Get out there, enjoy that digital detox. Get more than seven minutes of unstructured play a day for crying out loud, please. Get out there and enjoy what we've got in this wonderful world. We're going to leave you with this final call to action. Spend more time outdoors as a family. Take uncommon, that's uncommon adventures. And of course, grab a copy of Comfortably Wild. Or better yet, grab a copy for yourself and grab another copy for someone who could use a little uncommon adventure in their life. That book makes a great holiday gift. Mike and Ann from Honey Track, it's been a pleasure. And of course, for more about Comfortably Wild, including how to buy the book, visit honeytrek.com slash comfortably wild. That's H-O-N-E-Y-T-R-E-K.com slash comfortably wild. And as always, we'll have that link for you in the show notes, familytravel.org slash radio. Mike and Ann Howard, it's been such a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Mike and Ann Howard from Honey Trek. And if you'd like to hear more from Mike and Ann and from me, I'm going to drop a link in the show notes at familytravel.org slash radio to an interview that I did with Mike and Ann a little over a year ago. And this was a bit of a different interview. They were on the beach in Honduras with their toes in the sand and the waves crashing in the background. And this interview was really all about the business of Honey Trek, the business of the world's longest honeymoon. Fascinating stuff. And I encourage you to check that out. Again, I'm going to drop a link in the show notes at familytravel.org slash radio. And of course, all the notes from every episode of Family Travel Radio is also available there at, one more time, familytravel.org slash radio radio. All right, my friend, until we meet again, this is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio, and I am signing off.